You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. You're tuned in to Tapped Out. Hosted by Brendan Tobin and Sean Levine. Only on the BetQL Network. Good Saturday afternoon. Appreciate you checking us out here on the BetQL Network. We got a lot of fights to talk about. We got a little Bellator, we got a little boxing, and then we got a little Bilal Muhammad taking on Vicente Luque with Brendan Tobin and Jay Galley. I am Sean Levine, and let's go ahead and weigh in, guys. But let's start in Bellator, what we saw last night. AJ McKee goes down, first loss in the promotion by decision to Pitbull. Now, obviously, BT, this is the second time those guys. Went back and forth the first time around. It didn't take long, really. AJ McKee was completely dominant with a first-round submission. First of all, are you surprised by the way the fight went down? And second of all, are you surprised by the decision? Because I just rewatched the fight, and I think AJ McKee won. I did too. Um, I'm sur- I-, I shouldn't be surprised because Pitbull's been a pain in the ass for everybody. It feels like you know he has gone out there and and he has tried to uh, pretty much put a wrench in everybody's plan Michael Chandler or anybody who's got uh, their eye on the UFC it's it feels very much like they're uh, they're going out there and, and he's he plays spoiler for that he's just uh he's just as steady as they go he's very very dangerous um but it, it is a big blow to AJ McKee because it felt like even with this being you know somewhat controversial or this is being uh, a, a guy that you just blew out of the water you know, now goes the distance with you, and you're here sitting talking about, oh, I'm the true best 145 guy on the planet. I'm better than Alexander Volkanovsky. I'm going to maybe, uh, you know, flip over to the UFC soon. And, you know, then you go on and you have a, a loss on your resume. That's, uh, that's a tough one to swallow for AJ, for sure. Yeah, but on the flip side of that, it kind of reminded me of Nate Diaz and Conor McGregor, too, where it was questionable, but in the long run, it's the promotion that wins, and really both guys' pocketbooks because – now they're going to run him back a third time. It'll have much more interest than it did the first or the second time. Then we'll decide definitively who's the better fighter between Pitbull and A.J. McKee. Like, it sucks for the mercenary what happened last night, but ultimately I don't think it's terrible. Yeah, it's not for Bellator. I think for A.J. McKee, it's probably you're like, I think first of all, he's probably frustrated to some level that he had to fight Pitbull again. Like, he annihilated him the first time. I think he did everything that... He thought that he had to do. It wasn't really rematch worthy that they were uh, out there fighting again, other than Pitbull is kind of a, you know, such a Bellator stable. Like you go out there and it's uh, it's kind of a not it's, it's it's almost like a favor to him. And so I think for AJ, when you're talking all this stuff and you have these aspirations, he thought he wanted to be like the Floyd Mayweather of MMA. You know, now you're sitting here, you kind of just got to go back to the drawing board. Uh, and especially thinking that maybe you got screwed by the judges as well. That's got to be unbelievably frustrating for him. Dude, you want to talk about getting screwed? Did you see the co-main event between Nemkov and Corey Anderson? Yes. I mean, 
You're talking about a million dollars on the line and ended in controversy. I mean, I think Corey Anderson had every reason to be pissed off. Like, you can't do much about it, but when you're talking about the stakes that were on the line, that ended wild. That's brutal. Yeah, it's absolutely it's absolutely brutal to have something like that happen with so much on the line. I I just I, I don't even know what to do with myself in that situation. I, I I can't even imagine what he's going through today. All right, so that was last night. We got some fights coming up tonight, but first, let's jump on our hot tub time machines and talk about what we saw last Saturday night. Holy Pete, boys! That Hamzad versus Gilbert Burns fight. We've been talking about it on the show. It feels like. Heck, since December. I mean, they started kind of teasing it, and then it was, we got a date for it. And then the fight actually happened. And I'll tell you what, BT, that feels like instant Hall of Fame-type status where when you've got expectations for two guys like that, Hamzad, Jemayev, and Gilbert Burns, and they step knocked on and put on a fight like that, got to be one of the top, mm, I think, five, six fights I've ever seen. Really? Um, that's I don't know if I put it up that high, but it was it was really good. And I think it was uh, it was such a huge night for Gilbert, too, because he is a guy that I do think gets overlooked a lot. I certainly thought that Hamza, I was buying into the hype. I thought he was going to annihilate Gilbert. And Gilbert showed unbelievable guts. He uh, he really took it to him. I do think, you know, this is going to be beneficial for Hamza because, you know, he's got aspirations of winning the title. I do think that there's some benefit in going the distance like that, having to really dig down where it looked like, oh, my God, this is this, you know, the hype train's about to take a take a little stop. And he was able to dig in and, and, and get himself a win. I was very, very impressed with Hamza. You know, we always talk about what we want to see from these guys and, and, and how is it going to be when they face a little bit of adversity. He passed with flying colors. So it was, a, it was a huge check mark for him. And I love how the rankings played out this week, which is Gilbert Burns just moved down a spot. You know, the, a lot of the times if a guy loses a fight, he'll go down a couple spots. Maybe he'd go by the two guys who were fighting tonight. No, I, I think the appropriate thing happened, which is Hamzat's now number three, and Gilbert's right there at number four. He, he barely he barely moved a blip. I feel like you were a little bit surprised when I said it's one of the best five or six fights I've seen. Am I maybe a victim of circumstances because I was expecting it and then I saw it? Because, I mean, I, that, that, was, that thing had me on the edge of my lazy boy the entire night. And frankly, with the three fights that we've been talking about on that card, this is the one that we spent the most time and broke down the most, and I had the most money on, and it's the one that was the best. It was. It definitely it was. And it was the thing we were talking about the most. I mean, also, it was an appropriate time. So like that, that, that also helps. Um, but yeah, I, I think it, it was a tremendous fight. Don't get me wrong. I think it's definitely gonna be down for fight of the year. I don't know if I would go and say it was like one of the best five fights I've ever seen. But it was uh, it was tremendous. It was definitely one of the fights of the year for sure. You're right. When it comes to time, it was definitely better. The fact that it happened on the good side of midnight, for you East Coasters is a positive. And dude, we got to talk about this for a second. And this isn't just the UFC. This is all professional sports. What are they doing? Why do they start this late? I mean, we break it down. We wait for it. We talk about it. We can't wait for it. We got a party for it. And then you got to go home. You know, you got kids. You got jobs. You got tomorrow. Like, why do they start this so damn late? I I think the theory behind this a while ago used to be pay-per-view buys. Like, I think it's the idea that people are gathering at parties and they're they're meeting up and that – they're gonna, you know, the more time that you wait, the more time it gives you for people to buy the fight. I think to that's buy the, and to bet. I mean, you can also yes. keep making bets. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, that's the thing that's crazy about it though is like this. This wasn't a in Vegas. I get it to some degree because I've been, you know, being in fights at Vegas. Like, yeah, you do want the casinos to be filled. You do want people to be in that party atmosphere. You do want people to go to the books. I get it in Vegas. It was in Jacksonville. 
Like we had betting here for like three seconds before they took it away from us. Cruel, cruel, cruel thing they did to us. Um, but I don't understand a f- fights going till two in the morning in Jacksonville, Florida. I, I feel like doesn't I feel like Jacksonville's got a curfew. Like I, I don't even understand what's <laughs> going on here. It's just and, and this is a thing because here's the thing is like you think about it logically. Uh, usually a boxing pay-per-view has about four fights. They And so the UFC does a good thing for their fans where they're like, hey, we're going to give you five fights. And and to their credit, they've been stacking these pay-per-views. They've been really, really good cards lately. Like, it almost feels like the fight nights, they're giving you a main event. That's pretty good. And then, like, the rest of the cards kind of just prospects. And the pay-per-views, they're trying to blow out of the water. It, it definitely has been a theme that they've been doing. But I just think that these two title fight nights – I almost would take a fight away and go the boxing route of just doing four four fights because you're talking about the two best guys in the division. It's probably a good chance it's going to go the distance. So I just think that you're you're you got all the 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 ceremonies and all this type of stuff. It's inevitably going to make for a long night, and I just wish that there would be some adjustment there because I think every fight other than Volkanovski up to Volkanovski went the distance. So it was it was it made for a really really long night. We'll get to the Volkanovsky Korean zombie fight here in just a second, but I've got a solution for that, or at least a suggestion. Start earlier. That's it. Yeah. Just start a little bit earlier. And you're right. Like it's it's pay-per-view buys, it's betting, and it's West Coast eyeballs. I understand that it's business, but to me, it's bad business. To, when did when did the main event go off? Like when did the uh, actually when did the co-main start? So the Aljamain Sterling Piotr Jan was it already midnight East Coast time? Definitely. That's ridiculous. Definitely. That's ridiculous, man. You guys should Definitely. And, and I'm here in the Midwest, and I'm still complaining. And my sister, who's trying to keep up with it, is out there on the West Coast in Arizona, and she's complaining. I just think it also does a disservice to your champions. Like, I, because I do think the Volkanovsky and Korean Zombie was, you know, it was the main event, but it's, you know, it was probably the least interesting matchup on the card, you know, as as great as Volkanovsky is and 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 definitely lived up to what the odds were because he was like the the heaviest favorite and yeah, damn, he, he performed like it. I mean, it was uh, it was great, but I feel like a lot of people didn't see it. I feel like everybody was talking about Aljamain Sterling uh, controversial win. And I think people were talking about Hamzat and Gilbert because people thought it was one of the fights of the year. So like there's also that burnout effect. It's, it's bitten some promotions to the butt. I remember that. Uh, Triple G versus Canelo 2, it was like four fights and three of them ended in the first round and they had like nothing to go through uh, up until they wanted Triple G and Canelo to fight. And so they were going to wait literally two hours. But I just feel like it's more been the case where it's like, wow, this is taking really, really long. And this night is very, very late. The more I listen to you talk, my friend, have we turned into our fathers? Oh, totally. I'm washed, dude. I'm oh, washed. Yeah, it's just, so bad, dude. This is pathetic, you know, man. This it is. It right is. Now. I know. I what feel happened? like such a loser. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I'm so happy. Like tomorrow, the Heat. I'm, the Heat are playing at one o'clock. I'm so happy about it. I'd like. Yes. Hope, hopefully, you can get your nap in, Grandpa, down there in Florida. That's Brendan Tobin, Jake Galley in Philly. I'm Sean Levine in Kansas City. Appreciate you checking us out wherever you're listening on the BetQL Network, or if you're actually watching us on Twitch.com/backslash/BetQL. My apologies for being so pasty white. Don't worry. As the summer goes along, my tan will kick in just a little bit. So tonight we've got action inside the octagon. I love this one. At the top of the card, Bilal Muhammad, underdog money, plus 150, taking on Vicente Luque, about minus 180 as it sits right now. You and I were talking about this before the show. I love the matchup, and I feel like you were kind of 
Throw a little bit of disrespect to Bilal Muhammad. You guys were talking about, oh, he's good enough and he keeps winning. I mean, this is a dude that's won 10 out of his last 12 fights, and he's beat some killers along the way. Yeah, I, I, it, it is. Here it's we like, go. It's, it's tough because <laughs> I do think that Bilal Muhammad's good. I don't think he's, but, like, outstanding. He's definitely not He's definitely not a fun watch. Like, he is kind of a boring fighter to watch. It's just – it's the facts. He is. He's probably one of the least interesting guys in the promotion to watch. And he's – it's kind of odd because he is a charismatic guy. Like, he's a good interview. He's a fun personality. But his fight style is pretty bland. And, yeah, I just, like, look at his last couple. He, he did what he had to do against Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. He did the thing where he took out gatekeeper Damian Maya. He was getting beat pretty bad by uh, by Leon Edwards in that first round before that. Remember the controversial eye poke? Yeah. Where Leon ended up poking him in the eye and that whole deal. But, yeah, he's good. I mean, he's he's a good fighter. Uh, but like you, then you look at the other side of the octagon, you got Vicente Luque, who's about as exciting as it comes because that guy just brings the fight and you never know what the hell he's going to throw at you. It could be a sick, it could be a sick submission that he just locks it out of nowhere. It could be a flying knee. It could be just, you know, a crazy knockout. Like he is so much fun to watch. So yeah, you got, you got a, a polar opposites here. I, I think that Bilal's earned where his status is for sure, but I'm a little bit like, yeah, you know, it's a Bilal Muhammad fight night. Oh my God, yeah. So I'll say, so I'll say it's ten and twelve for Bilal Muhammad. It's ten out of his last eleven for Vicente Luque. So he's been red hot too, as I say, hotter than Farrah Fawcett in a forest fire. And his only losses to the aforementioned Stephen Thompson, and that was three years ago. I mean, Vicente Luque probably, even though he's been hot and been winning now for a long, and been the promotion for a long time wildly underrated like minus 180 or minus 178 officially is where it sits right now i don't mind paying for that tonight like i think that he is not only the more exciting fighter but i do think that he is a little bit better fighter the odds make sense to me on this one yeah i think so too and this is an interesting night for both of them because all of the talk is on hamzat and gilbert burns and colby covington's always the bridesmaid of the division like these guys are very much in, you know, have an opportunity tonight to say, hey, hey, we're still here. I still want, you know, I, st I still think I deserve to be in on the title shot. And so that's definitely an interesting element to tonight is that you have last week, everybody talked about, oh, Hamza's the guy, Hamza's the guy. Should they strap a rocket to his back and should he be fighting right for the title? I think these guys have a chance tonight to kind of just say, hey, you know, I definitely deserve to be in those talks too. And it's a tough division. Look, there's a lot of contenders, you know, including Leon Edwards, who's, you know, beaten one of these guys. And I poked another one of them while he was beating him early on. So, you know, I, I think Leon's still the dude right now and we'll get the shot, but you know, whoever that next guy's going to be, if you, if you look at these two got to be annoying to see all this hype behind Hamzat and that fight that happened last week, maybe it makes for, we're going to get a hell of a show between these two. And maybe it means that the winner of this one gets Hamzad, because I don't think that Hamzad necessarily gets the fight for the belt right away, based on what we saw. Like, if he looked unbelievable and knocked him out, like Gerald Mearshaw, or whatever it was, you know, like, it was a quick fight like that, like we've seen, it was great. I think that both guys' stock went up when you talk about Burns, and certainly Chemayev. I mean, the fact that we had never seen him take a punch inside the octagon, he took a million of them that night, and he showed how tough he was. I just think that ultimately, if he went up against Kamaru Usman right now, it wouldn't be good for the odds makers. Too much money would come in at this point, in my opinion, on Usman. To get it more even for them, I think that they'd want to see Hamza go out there, look dominant one more time, and then have him take on the champ. So maybe if it's Luke tonight and he looks good, maybe we see that matchup. 
I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't hate it at all. I definitely think that Hamzat, as, as great as he is, and yeah, I think he has proven himself more and more. I, I think there's nothing wrong with, especially the timeline they're on. Kabaro, when he's going to fight and when Hamzat, I think Hamzat needs another fight. Don't wait. I don't think it's impressive to just wait it out to fight Kamaro again. I think that Kamaro would look at that and say, no, I this guy needs to, to go prove himself some more. Maybe it's going to be Hamzat versus Colby, or maybe it's going to be Hamzat versus Usman. You have to ask the question, if they did fight, what are the odds? Huh? What are the odds? We'll talk about that coming up next. With Brendan Tobin, I'm Sean Levine. You're locked in to the BetQL Network.